0: Okay, well, good, morning. good morning. It's so great to be here. I just love the welcome when we came here. It's, it looks like, uh, I know it's not half of the church, but like a half of the church was already in Serbia. And, uh, and uh, we did have a good time. Yeah. Really, uh, Serbia is a good place to be. Great wine, great food, great fun. Yeah. We know how to live in Serbia. Yeah. We just need to get ourselves in European Union and ruin everything. You know, but here we go. I'm not a politician. I wish I am. I will take a different route, but <laughs> never mind. Um, yeah, we, we, we live in, in, a, in a city called Nish, which is a big university city, around 300,000 people. And um, God called us there. I'm saved in that city. I'm um, one of the few uh, Bible-believing Christians in the whole city. There's probably less than 100 evangelical Christians in the whole city. And my wife came in... A, 95, 96 she felt called for Serbia in that horrible time when all the Balkan wars happened and uh, you know the, the ex-Yugoslavian Civil War and that stuff and she felt called for Serbia and uh, And she came she was really brave She sold everything she has in, in England and with the faith in God she moved in Serbia And I do believe with her God's brought us lot of blessings particularly for me we, 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 we met very quickly we fell in love very quickly I become a christian and when i became a christian i really felt call from god i don't know what's happened really I, I was i was studying mechanical engineering in that time and i was in the last year of my training and um there was um, there was uh, two guys who will travel into the whole serbia with the little fiat 500 and they will just go and show the film jesus and i was one of the the only people probably in the whole serbia and in the whole world probably who got saved to the film jesus uh, and uh, uh, it, it, was, it was really powerful, I really met with God, um, it's, I, I got ruined for anything else. I finished my mechanical engineering course just for the sake of making my, my parents proud and just for the sake of having a, a degree on the, on the wall and nothing else, I never done that. Um, we got married in, um, in May, in September, we spent the whole summer together and in September I went to army. And, um, and it was the bad year for army, because it was, uh, it was the war in Kosovo then, so we got separated for, for a whole year. Uh, second week of a marriage, my wife came in, a, in, a, in, a, in army barracks to visit me and to tell me that she's pregnant. So we had an absolutely amazing great holocaust of having a baby, having a war between us, me being in the national service, me being on, a, on a literally in a war zone. And she was in England. It was much tougher for her, watching everything that was happening on the TV in that time. For me, I just needed to take care of myself. It was tough, but I really felt presence of God in all that time. I really, it was almost physically feeling the prayers of all my friends in England who prayed for, for us in that time. She came back straight after the war. Eva was born in the middle of war, Okay. Sonia did give me a ring from the, from the hospital in Birmingham to tell me that we got a little daughter. I said, OK, thank you very much. I went out, I took my Kalashnikov and gave you a proper Kalashnikov <laughs> salute. <laughs> so, if you notice anything strange with Eva, trust me, she had a Kalashnikov salute for her birth, you know. She's a really much mini me. We are now in Nish, a great city and uh, we we're working uh, uh more than 15 years now in a lying foundations for the uh, ground changing church that's what we have a heart for we wanna plant churches plant church plant churches be a spearhead for god in breaking a tough ground and see the grat- god's presence spreading around we wanna see christians to walk in every area of life which we absolutely don't have in my city less than 100 Christians in the 350,000 people. Uh, towns and towns, cities and cities around us with any kind of evangelical presence, any kind of Bible-believing presence. There is no churches at all. It's absolutely beautiful to be in a place like that. I love it. I love it. Uh, maybe it's hard. I don't know. We don't feel that. Yes, it was. we had a hard time and a good time. But the presence of God and knowing that you're in the right place and having that passion to see fulfillment of your calling it's just absolutely amazing it's nothing in the world can compare with that and that's what i want to talk with you this morning i want to talk about keeping your fire burning i want to talk about passion i want to talk about zeal i want to talk about call i want to talk about the burden on your shoulder i want to talk about paul saying keep your fire burning because it's so easy to 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 put that fire down it's so easy to lose passion for god it's so easy to lose passion for, a, for, a, for a God's kingdom. It's so easy to lose that. And I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen to you. I want us to be a people of great passion, people of great zeal, people that walk in communities where we are. People can see something different in us. So in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual favor, keep your spiritual fire burning. and we all love eccentrics. we all love uh, uh, funny people and one of my, my favorite one is the guy which I found a long time ago in a, in a Guinness Book of Records some old guy called Bill Foyle or something like that who had a, a, a show which was he will just go on a stage and he will take one position and don't move at all. and anybody who can intrigue him in any way, without touching him, telling him jokes, shouting on him, to make him to make any kind of movement, we'll get, in that time100 dollars. And nobody ever managed. He will just keep one position and he will not move at all. And he says, you know that his secret was in having a very slow metabolism, and absolute concentration, of absolutely nothing. And we are not called for that. <laughs> the, the Church of Christ has many bill foils. In the pews. There's many people who are concentrated on absolutely nothing. with very slow metabolism. <laughs> and God hates that. I hate that in myself. I hate when all the laziness creeping in my life. I, I hate that when I'm not passionate for God. Because you know the Christian life. You go up and down and sometimes you catch yourself. You lost your passion for God. And you need to come back and feel that passion again. And there's things in life that you're passionate for any things in life, you're not passionate for it. That's really not important. It's really not important at all if you're uh, passionate about gardening, if you're passionate about the Formula One, if you're passionate about the basketball, like me. I love basketball. Tonight is the European final in basketball, and Serbia plays in the final. We are just great <laughs> in basketball. So I'm very passionate about that, but it's really not important. But what is really important? Being passionate for God, being passionate for His kingdom. Being passionate for his mission. And not just being passionate here when we get together. That's absolutely great. But live that life of passion outside this world. Being outside on the streets amongst the people. And people can feel there is something dangerous in you. There is some kind of passion in you. Something unresistible in you. That they notice and see that passion. Because passionate Savior needs a passionate followers. At first Christians was people who turned the world upside down. I want to see that happen. I want to see that in my life. Last year, or this year, I, I forgot now. No, the last year, we had, a, we had a Nick Vujicic with us. And I don't know if you know Nick this He's the guy without limbs. He's a great evangelist. Amazing. We got him in niche. We got him in a big stage. 6,000 non-Christians in one place. One in one non-Christians. Listen to the gospel. I'll live for this kind of things. I'll live for that big things. I'll live for the small things. I'll live for a one-on-one changing people's life. But we got to be passionate because the first Christians, they turned the world upside down. The world history is full of the Christians, full of churches, full of movements, full of generations who turns the world upside down. we got to do that again. Yeah. We are called to turn the world upside down. The first Christians, the, the passion they had for God it gives them a strength to live through all kind of circumstances in life. The passion they had in that time, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was the spark that will set up joy in their life. They had a tough life in that time, but they had that spark of joy that come from the passion that they, they made to live in God. And that living God gave them a vision, give them a mission. They lived that mission, they lived for him, and that was a spark in their life that no world circumstances can take that away from them. And people chasing that thrill, they're chasing some kind of joy all the time, but there is a joy deep in us that passion can burn up back and nothing can take that from you. That passion for them was the perfect wall of protection because they've been hot Christians that the the devil cannot handle around. Do you have a problem with temptations and stuff like that? Become a passionate Christian. Passionate for God and devil. You will be too hot for devil to play Around with you. We need that zeal. And zeal is something, passion is something the world trying to, to put water on it. Because they constantly present any kind of passion, any kind of passion as a fanatism, as, as, as something wrong, that needs something to put it down. You need to blind and be like everybody else. I wanna put you down. That just means the world is hungry for passion, the real passion, the right passion. Not for the wrong things. The the, the the real the real Bible-believing zeal, and you can show them that if you read Paul explains more what kind of passion means. He says never be lacking in zeal, keep your spiritual fire burning, and he explains what that means. Say, be joyful in hope. Let's people see how joyful you are in a hopeless life. Be patient in affliction. When world's looking around you and they see that you are patient. You don't go for an easy solution in your marriage and the problems in the marriage. You don't go for an easy solution, the words you're offering, but you're patient, looking for the right things. People will see passion in you. Share with people who are in needs. Radical hospitality, blessing your enemy, rejoicing without envy. How much role needs? Rejoicing with one another. We got so separated one from another. And 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 it's the sad to rejoice on your own. The world wants people that you go and you are part of their lives and you rejoice honestly with them, asking all the right questions, smiling on the right things, rejoicing and celebrating things together with them. It will just make them to go crazy seeing Christians like that, that you're that kind of part of their lives, mourning with those who mourn. Being there for people who are in trouble. Live in harmony with one another. Associate with people who are not like you. Associate with people who are not like you. Isn't that church? Isn't more than anything else? We should be people who are associate with people who are not part of our group, wherever we how we describe our group. Do not repay evil for evil, overcoming evil with good. World needs to meet Christians who are will full of fire, who not Afraid to wear colors of their team and names of their God proudly. Like the first Christians. Like the Christians who had all the badges in that time. In, in the 70s and 80s. This is my God. I believe in God and stuff like that. We got to wear so people can see who we are. We got to live in a, in a working place. In a, in, a, in a neighborhood. In a schools. We got to live our lives so people can see this guy is a Christian. And I don't say that to mock that guy down. I say because this guy has passion and I see that passion in that kind of action. is absolutely amazing. His life changing my life. We got to live like that. It's the only way to grow church in niche to live this kind of life. Because I don't have a second, third, fourth, fifth generation of Christians who's going to just join a church because that's a way of living. I have a growth. The only way to see church in niche, in my city, grow is by radical, passionate, zealous, full of fiber Christians who's going to share that kind of life with, Christi- with the non-Christians. And they're going to be overwhelmed with the love of God through those people and they will become Christians. It's the only way to grow. And we are not called just to be a nice Christian stations for the next family. Christian family is going to move fro- to our city to join us. And we're going to make an excellent program from them to join us. We are here to reach those people outside who are going to hell. Who are going to hell. And the only way we can do that, if we have this passion life for God, keep your fire burning. Never lacking in zeal. The zeal of the Lord is what motivates us to move people from one part of the world to another. World mission happens because there was a people who moved by God in this kind of way. We don't have a long-term mission. We don't... How rarely we have Christians now say, I'm going to sell everything and go. And you know, there is places in the world, the only way you're going to change those places by people Christians burning the bridges in God and go there and says, I'm not moving away until I don't see this place change. That kind of commission. It's not like this mission suits me for a period of time. No, 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 no. I give my life for this. Knowing that that if if the world is moving fast, but the mission is still it's in a slow pace, you need dedication of life. Our passion are closely connecting to the ticking of your heart. Where is your heart ticking? What is that thing in your heart that ticks for God? What is that passion there? You need to listen your heart closely to hear what makes your heart tick. In those moments of prayer and reading the Bible, when you are with Him, in those moments of watching news and TV and seeing the broken world, just listen and see, where is my heart ticking? What is the God putting on my heart? Where is for what is my prayer, how long God connected to? Voice make you sick looking again and again and again. That's where your heart is taking. It's called burden. I love that by biblical burden, Moses had a burden for his people, a burden. That burden comes in your heart when God, in His grace and mercy, show you this broken world and show you His heart for this broken world. and you're so close to him that he opened his chest and saw his and show his heart to you and says my heart is bleeding for this and then his heart become your heart and then you have a birth of that burden on you and you say Lord I'm going to do something about this also burden is born when God in his grace show you that day when things are going to be that better Show you that day where that vision is fulfilled. Show you a day where things can be different. Different communities. Different people. Different, different Serbia. Different London. Different England. Different zeals in people's hearts. And you see that and you say, wow, this is so amazing. This is so great. That you're sold for everything else. I don't know what's happened to me, I, seriously, I am, I'm nothing bad or worse than you, I know all my faults and everything, but when I met God there, and it's just pure God's grace, it wasn't, oh great, this is my way to come out from Serbia, oh great, this is an English lady, passport, no, 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 <laughs> nothing like that. It happens before that, when I met God, God just arrests me for anything else. And, and not, I've been, been, been full all the time. I've been full when I moved to England. And when I came back, people say, you are fool, what are you doing here? Why didn't you stay in England? But I was arrested for anything else. I was born to be in Serbia and, and plant church and, and struggle with all this. And I thought, until now we'll have 20 churches, but there is a half church still. <laughs> but... I know I'm in the right place and that doesn't bother me. That makes me happy because I'm in the right place with God. You can be in the center of hell. But if you're with God, then you know this is the right place. It's it. That's it. And maybe I'm never going to see in my lifetime everything that God puts in my heart. And I'm going to go back to him with all kinds of questions. But I know when I go there, when I look back, it's going to say, well, Vlada, you fulfill your call in your generation. You build faithful servant. And look, everything that was born after that we got to live for this kind of things. we got to be crazy, crazy and foolish for this kind of things. Let's not just prolong our lives. Let's live our lives. Yes, let's believe we can do, we can make a huge changes. And we will see those changes happen. We will see. Burden, zeal, enthusiasm is power behind any kind of change in the world, never lacking zeal keep your fire burning what makes heart heartache what is that that ticks for what makes you in this broken world so depressed that you need to find some ventil in praying to God Lord for how long I'm gonna look at these things for how long I'm gonna be part of problem but not proud of change for how long The New Testament word for zeal is zealous. And it means to be jealous, to fight for, to burn for something, to try and do something with all your strength and all your will. What a beautiful word. Zeal. Be jealous, to fight for. I'm sold for everything else. And this is the zeal that Holy Spirit can produce in believer. The Greek word zeal is onomatopoeic word. And that's the word which describes sound. And the sound is of something red hot put in something cold. And I guess they hear the word ssss. And that's where the zillos is coming. And that's the sound when you have a, a red hot Christian put in a cold spiritual environment. And that zzzz from his presence of God just filled the whole room. The aroma of God spreads everywhere. Because you are a red-hot, passionate Christian for God. Put me wherever you want me. Put me wherever you want. In any kind of cold environment, the aroma of God is going to spread around. The word enthusiasm, enthusiasmos, originally was used to describe somebody who is obsessed by God. Religious fanatics in the Roman time was called enthusiasmos. It means being obsessed by God, under the siege of God. Now, how much the Christians, full with the Holy Spirit today, should be enthusiasts? (laughs) Under the siege of the Holy Spirit. If if somebody needs to be enthusiastic, it's not the Millwall supporters yesterday, it's us. It's us, the most enthusiastic people, because the Holy Spirit takes hold of them. God doesn't want us to be all Dante Christians. You know, the pasta with a bite. Nearly cooked Christians. <laughs> he wants you to be you do that in a kitchen, it's great, that's the best way to do pasta. But he wants you to be overcooked, Christians. To boil tossily. The all aroma to come out from us. When you go in a kitchen, it's just full with the aroma of God because you're overboiled. Not to the point, not the Christians with a bite. You are overcooked Christian with the presence of God. Amen. That's what we are called for. To the church in Rome, Paul says, never lacking zeal, never lacking zeal. When you see your, your zeal is creeping out, ah, stop it. Fill the holes. Fill yourself again with the zeal. To the Thessalonians says, do not put the spirit fire down. No, no. Get rid of temptation. Get rid of any kind of sin. Get rid of anything that can destroy fire of the presence of God in you. To Timothy he says, fan the flame of spirit. Get the spiritual disciplines. Put yourself in a spiritual hot environment. Get yourself in a church who is full with the holy fire of God. And find that flame again and again, because without that you can't do anything in life. Now how do you wake up that zeal? How do you wake up that zeal? Okay. And this is really good. And this is not English, what I'm going to say now. What I'm going to say now, it's very much Mediterranean. We use our fists and hands a lot. Okay. You're a bit more polite here. But there's one way you've got to wake up, in you. There is um, Theodore Roosevelt, in his biography, his mother said that when he was a little boy, he was absolutely petrified to go to church. And he will just scream and shout and don't didn't want to go in a church at all when he was a little boy, and she asked him why do you want to? He says there is something living in a church in a dark corner. It's called Zil, and it's gonna eat me. <laughs> and she said, why did you get that? He says preacher said about that. So she went to the concordance. Of course, at that time they had. A, do you remember the big concordance books? And she found the verse, and the verse was it was from the uh, from from the John. And his disciples, remember there was written, the zeal of your house had eaten me up. <laughs> and he thought he's a monster who lives somewhere. <laughs> it's going to eat him. Yeah, it's true. Our Lord is good, but he's not saved. The zeal of the Lord can eat you up and people are justifiably justifi- right to be afraid of the zeal. Because if that zeal catches you, you're going to be eaten. You're going to be consumed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin you for everything else. The life is going to be tough, but absolutely great. The circumstances of life can be challenging, but the presence of God is absolutely amazing. But do you know where is connected that verse about that zeal? It's about when Jesus went to his house and see and saw everything wrong in that house. All the, the, the money traders and everything that not, should not happen there. And he got so angry. He got so angry. He made a whip. He chased everybody else. Get out of here. This is my house. This is my house. Outburst outburst of his holy anger. His holy discontent. His disciples identified as zeal. Zeal is closely connected to that holy anger in you. Which says I had enough. I had enough where this broken world is going. I had enough of news. I had enough of seeing people lost without God. I had enough. I gotta do something about this. There was a anger, that was a rage, there was a weeping. There was a shouting. It's our Lord. Our Lord was quite a few times angry. Angry with self fulfillment, self fulfilled religiosity, with judgmentalism of religious people is angry with those things. We gotta start being angry again, people. English people, get angry. Stop being polite. Yeah. Stop saying, oh, this is really bad what's happening. Get so angry with the things in this world. Let's not watch news and say, oh, shame, look what's happening. I hate what I'm saying. I get angry for the things that's happening in the West and still not happening in the East. I watch all about the the confusion the young people have today. And I get angry about that. And I come here and ask people, are you angry? Oh, yeah, that's what's happening in our schools right now. I want to see anger. We got to say this is enough. This is wrong. This is bad. This thing shouldn't be just a, a, a coffee... Uh, conversations on the coffee table. Issues where I can't breathe anymore seeing those things. I had enough of these things. I want to do something. I want to be part of the solution. I'm not allowing culture to go this way. We are called to be a culture shapers. Yeah. We are called to be the ones who poke in the culture's eyes and say this is wrong. Yeah. And every time we keep quiet about everything, we agree with what's happened. We agree with what happens. We are just another institution who says, that's fine, let's go that way. It's wrong. We need that smoke of thousand villages moment in our lives. For me, I had my smoke of thousand villages moment. In that time when I became a Christian, when God did something to us, I opened my eyes and says, Vlada, you're going to be in Serbia. And this way you're receiving this great news about God's kingdom and great news about salvation. You're going to bring that to all these people. And I got sold for everything else. The smoke of Thousand Villages is, is, is the moment that, that the Livingstone had when he was a student of, of medicine in London. And one moment in a, on a Sunday service, he listened to the great missionary, Moffat, in that time, who says, "Sometimes in the, mom- in the morning, I will wake up and look in the distance, and I will see the smoke of thousand villages where missionaries haven't been yet." At that moment, for him was just open his eyes. He says, I, "I can't live for myself anymore. I can't live just for a medical profession. i got to give myself to something bigger, something greater, something. That I cannot achieve him my lifetime. Life. I gotta do something. The burden is so big. I gotta do something for to reduce this burden on my heart. And he went to the mission. Thirty-seven thousand miles. Many, many, many years on a horseback, going from the place to place, preaching gospel, bringing the medical profession, mapping the vast area of Africa. The moment of thousands, smoke of thousand of villages, guys. Do you have it? Did you have it? And then got lost because passion was turned down somewhere. Get you back that moment. Research, search, go, find, find what is your moment. In a world that's horribly broken by sin, it'll be wrong to not be angry. Seriously. I know it's not exactly in a culture, <laughs> it'll be wrong to not be angry. Will be wrong to not shout. It will be wrong to not make some troubles. Will be wrong to not be the finger in the eyes of the culture. Will be wrong to not serve some problems. It will be wrong. How can you look in poverty in face and not be angry? How can you look about the political corruption and not be angry? How can you look at the rise of nationalism and not learning from mistakes in the past and Not be angry. How can you look at the rate of falling of family and divorces and domestic violence and not be angry? How can you consider the confusion of gender identity and sexual immorality and not be angry? Not be angry. Yes, not be angry. To the point we gotta do something about that. How can you consider the state of art and culture and popular entertainment and not get angry? How can you look at the empty promise of materialism and not be angry? What what you said. There is no reason to go to God anymore. You go to your bank account. There's no reason to go to your friend anymore. There's no reason to be church together who helps one another anymore. Money can sort it out everything. We got so isolated from one another that we cannot function and open our hearts and be church in a real sense What well, church is sharing absolutely everything. It doesn't mean just a meal from time to time, but heart and life and everything because I need you, brother, and I need you, sister. Because money creeped in and took the, the place of God in us. There is a quick solution for everything. How can you not be angry with that? Oh, my dear friends, how much you need to discipline yourself not go to the money, but go to God. We, we don't have problems in, in our community, in our culture. that with uh, We don't have money. <laughs> we still need God. We still need community. We still need one another. We need, still need to be, to share all our problems. I still need to go and borrow from my friends and they still need to come and borrow from me. You don't need that anymore. Just go and buy anything you need. You're losing that beautiful community when I can be brother to you and you can be brother to me. How can you not be angry with the empty promises of materialism. How can you look at the state of church who looks like all lost the way and not be angry? Get angry. Learn to be angry. In a fallen world, godly anger is a good thing. In a fallen world, godly anger is a constructive thing. In a fallen world, godly anger is an essential thing in a fallen world, people of character and consistency will always be angry. But they're gonna learn to be angry and to be good. That's the wisdom, to not be angry and become some kind of fanatic or ruin your relationship with God. But you're gonna learn to be angry and be good. You're gonna learn to channel that anger in the right direction and that anger to become the righteous anger, which moves you to action. And if you don't know what to do, you always have one thing you can do. You can bring that anger to God and you can pray. And you can your prayers will be, how long, Lord? How long, Lord? Do something, Lord, with this generation. Don't leave me to watch what's happening. Lord, do something. Help me. I'm going to die. I don't pray just for you to do something this nation. I'm going to die because I can't stand my heart, my soul, Is so under the pressure of all this sin in the nation. I can't stand this anymore. I'm going to die, Lord. Please, for my sake, do something. Do something with this nation. It will make your heart open, your conscience sensitive because God is going to start doing something. This righteous anger, it leads you behind your borders to get involved in the suffering of others. And then you become part of their lives, And then you start suffering. Because getting involved in the suffering of others is not an easy thing. But you don't care anymore. You don't care all that suffering. Because the burden is much heavier than the suffering of those people you take. And every time you help those people, you feel the burden is lighter on you. Because you're doing something. And suddenly you recognize yourself, I'm not just the... Part of the problem, I'm a part of solution. And that is a great place to be. And suddenly you see yourself, my God is using me in this generation. My God is using me. My God is using me for something great. I'm the part of solution. <coughs> and then you start finding joy <coughs> in investing yourself in your resources in other people. And then suddenly the materialism that you're part of becomes the way to help others. You're so happy to give your time, your energy, your money, everything what you have. You wanna give because you know you're on the right part, right part, part uh, path with God, and you go in the right direction. And then nothing can take you away from that. And you can be in a place like Nish, place like Serbia, or other worse, other worse places. Places. And you can have a chances for something greater and bigger and an and easier, comfortable life. And he says, no, 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 I don't want that because this is much greater. Because suddenly in your heart you discover, yes, you need money to live. Yes, you need education. Yes, you need a good job and all that kind of things. But you see that none of these things can give you what the serving God can give you. That today you live your life from the perspective of heaven today you've done something that has a heavenly perspective today maybe you suffer some loss maybe suffer some ridiculous from other people but you lie down in bed in the night and you put your head on a pillow and you know today I've been in a contact with heaven yeah. today I've done something great for God today what I've done it I'm going to see the fruits of that in heaven one day and nothing can compare with that Nothing can compare to that. Find that in yourself. Find that in yourself. What makes you fully alive? That's my question for you. I want to hear answers from you today, to be honest. What makes you fully alive? The Jack London said, I'd rather will be ashes than dust. <laughs> I'd rather burn. <laughs> in the glory for God, than live my life and be dust in the end. I'd rather be superb material, m- uh, material in all f- uh, beautiful glow in the sky than the permanent and stale planet. I'd rather live my life than just prolong my days on Earth. That's what Jack London says, it's absolutely fabulous. I want to burn in the presence of God. I want to burn in the service to God. I want to burn and my corpse to turn to ashes. Because I don't want to be dust. I want to burn for something well and something good. What makes you fully alive? The world needs you being fully alive. And you will be fully alive finding for what is your heart ticking. What makes you angry in this world? That's a good starting point. What makes you angry? If makes you angry, God wants to say it makes me angry too. What are we gonna do about that? What is your place in this? Do you honestly believe, I know you don't believe, that Brexit is gonna sort it out the problems? Do <laughs> you honestly believe that not Brexit is gonna sort it out all the problems? Do you really believe that politicians, with all due respect to all of them, can sort it out the problems? Do you know how you recognize politicians on the street? There are people who are licking their finger and keeping in the air, trying to figure out from which side the wind is blowing. That's what they're doing. Do you think that changing one politician to another is going to sort it out? The things we need to change the wind. We need to change the wind. The wind. We need the people who are able to change the direction of the wind. Church was always that. Church was always the wind changing institution family force in this earth church who says no 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 no. this goes in the wrong direction we're gonna everything we do to change the wind and then they've done it just go and check the the history of the christians in the london they've said some small things to me today about the things that christians done it and it still lasts just see everything the christians done but those are the christians who said we are not satisfied where this wind is blowing we want a different direction of the wind. And yes, the temptations and the facts are going to come from all other sides, but you're going to resist all that. There is my, my one of my favorite books about the, the famous world dreamer is Don Quixote. And he's an adventurous and a dreamer, and he will fight against the windmills, thinking they're dragons, but there's one point when he walks with uh, Sancho Panza, his uh, f- uh, um, favorite uh, uh, servant, uh, faithful servant, and he will say to Sancho Panza, look at that beautiful castle in the distance. Look at that castle. Look how beautiful it is. Look at all these this, uh, towers and look all these bridges and look all these gates and look all the flags and everything. And Sancho Panza will look in the distance and anything he can see was broken in. With the squeaky door and the roof that's falling down and he said to to don quixote well sir this is just broken we uh, broken in and don quixote shouted a moment stop it i will not allow your facts to interfere my vision <laughs> and that's what we're gonna say yeah. you know we gotta say yes it's t- tough but we not i uh, won't allow the facts of this broken world to interfere With the greatness of our God. And what he's able to do. And what he's doing today all around the world. And we're just going to catch that flow. Of what God is doing. And says Lord we are going with you. We are going with you. We want to be part of what's happening. So my prayer for you. Hope Church is. That you will raise up freshly. And every good things you've done so far. Keep doing them. But if you see. This is not. Hundred percent, full power of us. You're gonna fight this hundred percent. And for all of you that struggle and fight there is something in my heart, I'm still not satisfied. Great job, comfortable life. E- I took, I ticked everything on the world's list. What needs to be happy, but it's still something in me says something's missing. It is missing purpose of God. Is missing that dream. Is missing that keep ticking of heart. Is missing you fully giving yourself to that thing that's God calling you to do. Maybe it's just joining this church in all its fullness. Maybe something different. Doesn't matter. The matter is the one day you should stand in front of God and hear the words, "Come in your rest, my faithful servant." You find that thing that wants you from you in these generations, and you faithfully serve. Now, come in the rest. Now, hope church. I want to ask you guys for what your heart is taking. I want you one by one just stand up and say I had enough of seeing this in my generation. I had enough of this in London. Or say I would love to see this change. I I would love to see this kind of service church provides in community. What is it? I want you to just stand up one by one if you feel free. And just say, I won't see, see this different. I want you to hear that there is so much passion in this room and so much great dreams that you can give yourself. And let's say, everybody else here, please say, what would you like to see?